sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! I wing this whole thing. Like I, I really, I mean, I've been doing this for a few years, but I still don't really have a particular format. And I don't really care. That's cool. It's all good. So, you know, do you have a format for what you do with blogging and every, actually that's all I really know about is like the <laughs> punksburg. Yeah. Thing. So I don't know what else you do outside of that. Not a whole lot. But before we get into that, are I'm going to do ha- my, have we started? We kind of, we kind of started. I'm going to do my introduction. Hey. Cool. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always... There's beer and soda in the fridge. Today we are drinking some Nestle Pure Life water. It's not beer or soda. That's okay. But that's okay because it's, you know, it's kind of muggy out and sometimes water just does the trick. And I'm sitting here today with a new acquaintance, probably soon to be friend, (laughs) Lauren. (laughs) Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lauren. (laughs) I run a blog called Punksburg. Cool. And that's why you're here today because I have started to see articles being shared from the blog Punksburg on Facebook and such over the past couple months, starting to see it pop up more and more and more. How long has the blog been active? Uh, I started at the very end of May. Okay. So that would make sense why I've only been seeing it for a couple months. <laughs> yep. Cool. So I guess then from the ground, you kind of like got like a team of people that are with you. It's not just all you that are contributing to this website, correct? Yeah. So there's um, probably three of us that write articles pretty regularly. And then there's another four or five people that kind of contribute on and off. Cool, cool, cool. So did this start with you? You're the the brainchild of the website? Yeah, kind of. Um, Brian McGee from the Danzas had been bugging me to like start a blog. Oh, Brian. (laughs) My (laughs) punk rock dad. because he, he follows me on Instagram and stuff, and so I just post photos from all the shows that I go to. And so he's like, you know, if you actually wrote about this, then I could kind of live vicariously through you because you go to all these shows that, you know, I can't. And so it'd be cool to read about your experiences. Totally. So did you have any experience in writing or anything before that? Or was that something that he just like threw in your lap? Like, do this. Uh, I mean, I had written in college. Like, okay. nothing, you know, I have never taken a journalism class. So... This kind of all started from more of a passion in the music scene and not so much wanting to do journalism. Then. Yeah. Okay. I find that it's usually kind of the, the flip. Usually sometimes there's people that are really into journalism and they're also into music. So they start there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see it from the flip. I mean, I think I have the benefit. I mean, this is probably against some pretentious, but like, I know I'm not a terrible writer. So like that part yeah. is like not super hard for me. So mm-hmm. I could kind of do both, I guess. Cool. I mean, I feel like I don't really know anything about music, which is, <laughs> I, I just go to lots of shows. I, don't, I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, that's good though. <laughs> Sometimes that like, it's like a, an honest opinion. It's always good to have that 
opinion from someone that so you don't play music or anything like that? I mean, like I've played piano, I play saxophone, okay. but like nothing relevant to punk rock, really. Sure. So you're not su- you're not like behind the curtain then. No. You know what I mean? You still get to kind of like talk about things from. I don't want to use the word like naive because that's <laughs> not right, but like you're not like jaded or bitter or. You don't know too much, you know, you can write it from like a a good standpoint. I I think people that know me would say that jaded is like the least apt descriptor for me. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's good because I know a lot of other people, myself included, can be very guilty of that (laughs) at times. But, you know, I think that it's kind of a, an unfortunate side effect of being involved in too many things. Yeah, that's fair. For an extended period of time. I think it's just, it just happens. Yeah, I have the benefit of, I only started going to shows over the past, you know, two or three years. So okay. like, this is still pretty new to me and I'm so excited to like, just seeing all these new bands for the first time and yeah. getting to know all these people. It's just, everything's like, super cool. So let's, let's start there then. So you start going to local shows a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, was there a band or a person or a friend or something in particular that kind of got you into that? Uh, one of my coworkers is in the Filthy Lowdown, okay. the punk band. So, yeah. I he kept talking about it at work like repeatedly all the time. So I was like, I guess I should see what this is all about, and cool. I did. So, um, before that, then your musical interests. What were you into? Were you into punk rock and things like that already, or was it just something you weren't like super familiar with? Yeah, I was, I was kind of into punk rock, like just sort of. I mean. I knew like some Ramon songs yeah, and sure, like, like I certain- listened to like Green Day and stuff when yeah. I was in high school. So like, but I- you didn't have like any like knowledge of the, like the underground scene or like the local scene. No, things not like at that. All. So like definitely going to see your friend's band was your first experience kind of seeing that kind of, I mean, way back when in high school, I, I grew up in upstate New York okay. and one of the guys I dated at the time took me to local ska shows in, in upstate New York. So, like, I had been to, like, small club shows and sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Definitely nothing in my adult life. Okay. So, now in your adult life, going to shows for a few years, you kept going. So, I guess yeah. you, you know, made good friends, were enjoying your time there, taking pictures online, yeah. meeting Brian. <laughs> <laughs> your punk rock dad and then you know now here you are with the blog so starting a blog from scratch Mm -hmm. right um you had never done anything like this prior is what i'm getting right so did you build the website yourself and do all of that or did you kind of outsource that or is that where like the teamwork started to come in now that like over the course of a day um a day yeah pretty much um (laughs) So, so going back a little bit, uh, I had been contacted by this random guy on Instagram who had a punk rock blog out of England, and he had seen all the stuff that I'd written and asked if I would do show reviews for him. So I just done one of a Flogging Molly show, and I posted it to my Facebook page. And then again, Brian was like, yeah, you need to do this. And so, other- okay, I think I might like be missing a piece of okay. the puzzle. So when... Brian was nagging you to start the blog. Like, yes. What had you been doing at that point? Because I know that you mentioned that you were posting stuff on Instagram and yeah, things like that. Just stuff on Instagram, like like photos from shows mm-hmm. and maybe like like with captions of stuff or just, just like, like a, just being like just I'm here, sentence. check this out. Yeah. Okay. And then that was the same thing that this person that contacted you had mm-hmm. seen you doing. Yeah. Were you like utilizing like hashtags and all yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah. Cool. So it works. Yeah. <laughs> Take note. <laughs> Social media. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, okay, cool. I just wanted to 
clarify that? Yeah, I mean, because when Brian had suggested the blog, I was like, you know, no one cares about what I have to say about music. Like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. And so I just kind of, you know, waved him off. But uh, when I did a review with this other guy and I posted it to Facebook, then a lot of people are like, oh, you should like do this for Pittsburgh shows that you go to. Okay. And so then I said, you know, give me a name and I'll do it. And Brian suggested Punksburg. So then half an hour later, I went online and registered punksburg.com, <laughs> went to WordPress and registered, like, you know, set up hosting through WordPress. And then I posted a, something that said, I will probably never write anything else here. But you did. And then I did. Cool. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that post still exists. <laughs> what was like the first real kind of article that you put together for the website? Um, the first legitimate content that we had, ironically enough, was um, your podcast with the Danzas. No way. Yep. Huh. I didn't even hear. <laughs> I didn't even see that one. Well, I mean, that was before anyone actually knew about the site. But uh, okay. Well, hey, now look at it. You're here. <laughs> cool. So like, it all comes full circle. Over the past couple months then, um, have you found yourself trying to go out to more shows or being at shows with like a different mindset, knowing now that maybe you're going to write about this? It's definitely a different mindset. And like, I've been sort of taking notes on my phone in between sets and stuff and just like paying more attention to like who all is there, what's going on, like picking out song lyrics and jotting them down, that sort of thing. Is that like changing your experience at all? A little bit. Um, one of the things that Brian kind of, you know, when we were talking about the, the whole thing and um, and that I've also mentioned to my, you know, the group is that like, this should be fun. So if you're ever getting stressed about something, like don't ever feel compelled to write something. So there have been a few shows that I've gone to where, you know, at the outset, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to review this. And then I just like want to have a good time. So I just kind of forget about the whole journalism stuff and mm -hmm. just you know enjoy myself so i kind of need to switch between those two modes a little bit yeah um but yeah like i try to take a video of every band that i see and put that on youtube type thing and just kind of cover as much as i can so do you have a punksburg youtube or is it a personal youtube it's or? my personal youtube page okay so you're just have you thought about like switching that branding to punksburg or are you like not ready to combine those worlds yeah i don't i mean we do have a punksburg youtube page uh right now is uh the only thing on it is brian did an interview with uh brayton from looking for group okay so i think we'll keep that of like things specifically done for the blog so i don't know so it's just, I mean, it's, I'm kind of wing, winging everything that I'm doing. Well, here. Yeah, well, it's a thing too, is it just seems so wild that, you know, it's only literally a few months old. Uh -huh. So it's still kind of just like getting its footing with kind of maybe figuring out not necessarily what it is, but everything that you can do. Yeah. You know, like and somebody comes up with an idea and you're like, I didn't even think of that one, you know? So mm -hmm. is there anything kind of right now that you want to do or looking forward to doing like maybe more video content or putting together like a compilation of bands or hosting your own show. I'm just spitballing ideas. Yeah. I, I mean like all that kind of stuff. Um, we are definitely thinking about doing more video stuff, although none of us has any clue what we're doing there. So like logistically that's sort of the problem with that. We have talked about like, putting on a show, but we don't really want to get into promoting because we feel like there could be conflicts of interest there. Um, right now, I'm probably going to be putting out a piece 
tonight or the next day. Um, a friend of mine has his own blog and he's doing a series where he's exploring dive bars. And so that's not oh, specifically cool. related to punk rock, but I feel like there's enough overlap between the crowd that oh, definitely <laughs> that, that sort of thing would work. So we're just kind of like, you know, going with whatever feels right. You should do like a, like a top five dive bars that should have shows that yeah. don't or something like that. I yeah, think that'd that, be cool. Like, uh, for example, like I think, uh, as much of a a dive as it is, like in the I'm rolling my eyes kind of way, like <laughs> D's Cafe in Southside, they uh-huh. should totally have shows there. I mean, it would be a mess, but they should totally do it. I know they do I, the punk rock nights, but yeah, I mean, like I just want I don't know live there bands. Sh- there should be some bands that they could. It wouldn't be a good idea, <laughs> but you know, some somebody in their early twenties could have a really good night. Yeah. You know, I won't be there. I just want to know that it's happening. Well, I know that, uh, like, now that Ruggers doesn't have smoking, that's one of the few venues left that does. So they could get that crowd. <laughs> that, like, you know, stuff everybody into a smoking room. Can you still smoke in Howlers? Uh, not in the venue part. Like, okay. In the th- bar part, you can. I think the last time I played there, you could still smoke in the venue part. And I feel like it wasn't that long ago. So maybe somebody was bending the rules. Yeah. But I just remember like playing and since I'm a vocalist, I'm like breathing in all this smoke and I don't smoke and Uh I'm just like, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like it. So speaking of things that we don't like, not to get negative or jaded, you said (laughs) that, you know, that's the opposite of you, but I'm kind of curious now from just the past couple months of going to shows and thinking about it from this different mindset, are you starting to see some things that maybe you don't necessarily like or things that you think could be improved with like either like venues or the way people act at shows or the way bands act at shows or anything like that. Do you see anything that you wish could be a little bit better? God, that's a tough question. I know. I know it is, but these are the, these are the questions people, people need to know this stuff. Um, especially coming from, I didn't mean to cut you off, but coming from the perspective of, again, someone who's not behind the curtain. Right. You know what I mean? I'm curious to know what you think when you see, like, what make, what kind of like turns you off at times to certain things that you see when you go to a show. I mean, the only thing that really annoys me at shows, and this is like, whenever I go to shows, like, especially at bigger venues, like, I always want to be right up the front because like, I cannot stand it when people are talking through, like people playing like even if it's like the very first opening band like you're there for the music like you can't even have a good conversation when bands are playing i don't know so like that always pisses me off so i try to be right up front so i don't have to hear all that but just like you want to just yeah i I understand what you're saying a lot of people go to shows it seems kind of like to catch up with friends or something or see people they don't normally get to see and for me especially if it's a bigger show i want to go and get lost in the experience of seeing live music. Uh-huh. I feel like it's something that a lot of people have kind of forgotten about. It yeah. goes over their head, you know, like I can sit through a whole band set without needing to check my Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, I even feel bad now taking pictures of bands at shows. Cause I get so like nagged about like, there's either like someone's just on their phone or someone's like Snapchatting every single second of the show. It's like, who's watching this? What are you doing? Yeah. It's like, did you buy a ticket to this show just to show all your friends the show? Uh-huh. Are you going to actually enjoy it? Especially if I'm like, it's AJE and it's like some $40 show. Yeah. But they're happy. Yeah. So who am I 
Yeah, it's true. To question their happiness <laughs> in their life on Snapchat. Are you a Snapchat person? Do you get into it? Uh, I have a Snapchat, but only for like four friends. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I don't I, know. I'm 32. Like, I feel like I kind of missed the boat there. Nice. Okay. I'm 31. I'm going to be 32 in October. Oof. So the that whole like social media thing, like both of us was kind of like, we were already out of high school and everything by the time. Like, I didn't even have a cell phone until right after I graduated high school, period. Yeah, same here. So now it's a lot different when you see, like, you know, like your sixth grade cousin that has, like, an Instagram account with, like, ten times more followers than you or something, like, ridiculous. You're like, what What are you doing? Who are you talking to on this thing? Like, I, I, I teach high school. Connection's like, so weird. Oh, really? They, they get so uptight about, uh, like, their Snapchat streaks. Like, they have some that are, like, just hundreds of days long and, like, like sometimes their phone gets taken away, so they have other friends log into Snapchat. Like for like, it's dumb. What? Okay, <laughs> I don't know. you know, I remember you mentioning to me when we were setting up this interview that you did teach, mm-hmm. but I, I that totally went over my head. Um, so you teach high school? Yeah. Yikes! <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Ten years. Ten. Oh, okay. So it's like out the gate. That was kind of the first thing you wanted to do. Or like, that's kind of what you fell into. So I, I'm a Latin teacher. Okay. Um, so there aren't really jobs for Latin majors. And so that's kind of (laughs) what I fell into. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming you probably like it if you've been doing it for 10 years. Yeah. You get the really good kids. The, with, uh, with with Latin. Latin? Oh yeah. You don't take Latin unless you kind of want to be there. I guess that's true. It's not like the. It's not the the easy one that you pick. No, that's Spanish. Do they still do they still do that with school? Like, how, how many language classes or uh, courses are in your school? My district has Spanish, French, German, and Latin. Nice, nice. I took German in high school, and I don't remember any of it. Three <laughs> years of it. I was kind of a shit in high school, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like awful. I just like had no interest in school i don't know i was like really into like i was just starting to like make music and i was really into drawing and painting and i was like very creative and always like working on stuff mm-hmm. it was just like i don't know like i mean i feel like you as I feel long like as you have I'm, a passion like it's just like one of those kids that absorb shit in their own way uh-huh. you know that's fair like the idea of like i don't know i don't think i ever had any i went to woodland hills okay so i wasn't in like the most like intimate of school districts mm-hmm. like a ton of kids and a ton of stressed teachers and yeah. it's a very like hostile <laughs> chaotic environment so but here i am now yeah i made it so being a school teacher and you know seeing <laughs> things that are funny like uh the snapchat streaks from kids and things like that how do you see or what do you observe like when it comes to kids and music nowadays and like the way that they react to music? Do they you hear kids talking about music? Do you see them like still wearing band shirts in school <laughs> and things like that? Are you like, yeah, I like that band. Are you one of those teachers? Um, or Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I've had a number of experiences of kids wearing like Pink Floyd shirts that have no idea that Pink Floyd is even a band. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they just think it's like the dark side of the moon shirts. They just think it's a cool design or like Oh wow. They're very clueless. Um <laughs> So I mean there, there's stuff like that. And then there are the kids that are really into music and you know, you can tell it's they're passionate about it. Um I mean, I still have 
you know, the students that are in love with Justin Bieber and that's kind of the, you know, the expanse of their music and what they care about. But, you know, whenever we have a few minutes left at the end of the class, I always try to put something on just as background while they're working on, you know, homework or whatever. And so I remember at the end of last year, I was playing, you know, Descendants and, you know, the kids were like, yeah, this is great. What is this? So I was like, yay, you know, <laughs> pointing them in the right direction. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I try to do what I can. Definitely. Uh, with <laughs> this is a question. You ever run into a, like a, someone from school at a show? Yes. Um, m- pretty much just at uh, what Burgett's Sound, whatever it's called now. Okay. Um, when I when Blinkity uh, Two for is, like for like bigger shows. Yeah, bigger shows. Yeah. Blinkity One Eighty Two. I saw students there. I warped over the summer. I was covering stuff there. I ran students there. Um, never. I mean. Most of the shows I go to are at 21 plus, so that definitely helps. Sure. Although I I <laughs> I did I did run into a student at the Smiling Moose. Um, he he was over 21 at that point. Oh, so like a, like an older student. Yeah, like a student that I graduated ago, and he was actually wearing his Latin Club T-shirt when I ran into him, and I was oh, that's weird. I was kind of <laughs> drunk. I'm pretty sure I ended up on like. On his Snapchat at that point, because he has to take a picture with me. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. But uh, that was the only kind of awkward encounter. So I've been lucky. Mm-hmm. Outside of punk rock, what else are you into musically? Um, I mean, kind of like a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, probably the musician that I've been paying attention to longest um, I love Ben Folds. Like okay. every time he comes to town, I go to all of his concerts. Like I've been listening to, you know, Ben Folds Five was one of the earliest CDs I had way back when. I so. was actually going to ask you what like the first CD you ever bought was. Uh, the first CD that I actually like have a distinct memory of listening to was uh, CCR's Revival. Okay. Um, no, that was just one of the bands that like my parents played around the house yeah. and stuff, and so. My parents were both really in the music too. Uh-huh. And uh my dad was totally like metalhead and my mom was more like like hair rock, you know. <laughs> uh there was always music around. My uncle was a big record collector too. So it was just like I was always surrounded by music and I don't remember like that was definitely like I had cassette tapes, but I don't remember like what cassette tapes I had specifically. Mm-hmm. But I do remember when I got a CD player for my birthday in like third grade or fourth grade, the first CD I bought was Dookie from Green Day. Very good choice. That was the, So I do remember that. But from there, I don't remember anything else. I just remember that being the first actual CD I bought. Yeah, I had an older brother. And so like a lot of the punk rock stuff that I listened to is definitely stuff that I stole from his collection. Okay. So like he had the Green Day stuff and... Like I remember listening to Weezer from his collection, and so you had like an experience uh, with punk, uh, like a, a younger age. Then, kind of, I don't. I mean, like I, I, I've I, talked to people on this podcast that are like in bands that told me they went to their first show when they were like seventeen, and they didn't know anything about music until like you know they were in like eleventh or twelfth grade, and it's like that blows my. I'm like, whoa, like. And there'll be people that are younger. So it's like you literally just started listening to music like five years ago. <laughs> and now you're, it's just, it's crazy to me. I mean, I, the first concert that I went to, uh, we had won tickets off the radio to Backstreet Boys. Okay. So that was my very first concert. I think I was 12. Um, but then there was, I remember going to a Weezer show when I was 15. I went to Ben Folds around that time. Um, and then there was the boyfriend that took me to the random ska shows. 
Um, so you've had like a like an interest in music for a yeah. good a good bit, and then I I also go to like there. like Broadway shows and like classical symphony concerts and all that stuff. So it's kind of running the gamut of of music stuff. I kind of like it all. Mm-hmm. Being a Latin teacher, do you listen to any uh, foreign music? Not, I mean, I've got like <laughs> gimmicky CDs of modern day songs like covered in Latin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like I have one that's all Elvis songs with Latin lyrics. Wow, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> and uh, the Christmas album. Do you make with... your students do Latin karaoke? No, they would kill me. <laughs> I, I try putting on like the Latin Christmas carols, and they oh, hate wow. it so much. That sounds. <laughs> horrendous it's really it's all really bad you should do that if like they're bad <laughs> that would be like a punishment yeah <laughs> you're like just play like rocking around the christmas tree and i was like no you're gonna listen to tintinabula uh-huh jingle bells <laughs> thanks for the little <laughs> uh so you got uh i guess school starts soon wednesday wednesday yeah Yikes. Yeah. Is it, uh, do you, uh, like prep all like your plans and lessons and all that kind of stuff? Or are you just like wing it? I mean, we have four days of just kind of teacher's days. Um, and then school starts the following Tuesday. So just being back in the building, they give us plenty of time to get everything in, okay. in order. Yeah. I've never like taught anybody anything. I student taught as a, an art teacher when I was in high school. How'd that go? I liked it a lot, actually. I was I, art was going to be the thing that I was going to do mm-hmm. until I luckily realized that going to the art institute was not the best idea. Uh, because I don't really know. I'd say a small, a very, very unfortunately small percentage of the people I know that went actually finished. Oh, that's and then even a smaller percentage of those people managed to do anything with it actually mm-hmm. probably i know one person that graduated from the art institute that has a job doing what they do and they were in like a very niche demographic like they did uh they're doing video game stuff okay so that's like okay yeah, that's that, that, that 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 could make sense i know but i feel like a lot of people kind of go to the art institute and they want to do you know graphic design or some type of arts just kind of like a but I don't know if they know exactly what they want to do. Mm-hmm. It just seems like I'm an artist, so I should go here. Yeah. And yeah, for some sense. reason, I was like, I just don't know if that makes sense. Like, I hated my art teachers all through high school. <laughs> so, like, how is this going to be any different? You know? Like, yeah. I don't, need, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was a key holder at Blockbuster Videos. Like, yeah. Look at me now. <laughs> this is funny, like being like basically an assistant manager in the early 2000s. I was making like like seven something an hour. And I was like, yeah, I'm living it. <laughs> Things were so cheap then. I'm getting, I'm thinking about, I don't know. Why is everything so expensive now? Uh, inflation. It's crazy. Life, man. But we can't raise the price of shows. Yeah. To kind of bring this conversation back around. Um, good question, actually. So as someone who just goes to shows, uh-huh. would you mind, like, if the base price for, like, any local show went from, like, $5 to $10, would it bother you personally? 
see, I, I feel like I'm in, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like as someone with like a very stable job that earns me like a pretty good amount of money, like I, I know that I'm better off than a lot of people that go to shows. So like personally, like I don't think it would affect me too much, especially since like I usually only have like one or two drinks at a show. So yeah. like my nights usually aren't super expensive. Uh-huh. But if you're going out to a show and you're drinking like seven beers, like the, you know, and you're, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, then like obviously that that is going to, you know, yeah. be a bigger deal type thing. Yeah. And I feel like attendance at shows kind of sucks all. So that would not help. Yeah. It's kind of from my perspective. Mm-hmm. I feel that the reason why so many bands have a hard time taking off or getting themselves to a level where they can, you know, financially support themselves as a band Mm -hmm. is because everybody's basically just giving everything away on a DIY scale. And I could totally understand, like, you know, somebody doesn't have enough money to get into a $10 show. Yeah. That makes sense. But over time, I feel like if, we were paying 10 bucks to get into shows and then the bands were able to make more money mm-hmm. off of stuff, then they would have more money to contribute. It's like nobody's actually making any money for themselves. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should. And this is like very like kind of hissed at talk when it comes to DIY stuff. But mm-hmm. it's like you get a lot of artists that, you know, complain about things that they can't pull off or they can't do. And it kinda, a lot of it comes down to money. Yeah. And like, and I personally, I think that, you know, anybody that's going to a show, if they have five bucks, they probably can spend the 10 bucks. Yeah. No, I like, I don't think that, like, if anybody is like giving me like the last, like, say I'm running a show Mm -hmm. and someone like is like, oh, like, you know, I only have like four bucks. Can I still get in? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, keep the four bucks. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not trying to like, you know, shake the change out of people's pockets. I just think that we could bump that price up a little bit more. Yeah. Because, you know, it ends up like you get in situations where it's like you can't charge 10 bucks for a show and then the bands, you know, only bring out a couple people and then at the end of the night, the promoter's given money out of his pocket mm-hmm. to help cover the money for the touring bands. Yeah. Because, you know, it was, it was like, not realistically, you know, the other bands weren't going to bring enough people to help support the money that was needed to cover the venue and mm-hmm. cover the cost of the touring bands or you no. Know? And then promoters are like, ah, fuck this. I'm not making money. I don't want to do it anymore. And the bands are like, I'm not even getting gas money to come out here. I don't want to do it anymore. And then yeah. the scene just falls apart. I'm ranting. No, I'm it, it's, I know. It, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm just like, as as someone who who doesn't really know the inner workings of bands, but I have lots of friends that are in bands, like it always floors me. And I'm talking to them, they're like, "Yeah, like we got paid fifty dollars. Like this is a great night." It's like, wow, like you guys make no money whatsoever. No, you really don't. You and, really don't unless you start asking for it. Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a bummer. It's like a thing with me now is like, as much as I love playing shows all the time Mm -hmm. it's like i can't i literally can't afford to do it anymore it's like and i don't know maybe somebody who has like a different mindset might not agree with me and that's fine you know i have no problem with what anybody does it's Mm -hmm. just like i can't play shows multiple shows a week that i'm taking time out of like whether i'm leaving work early or putting something else off that needs to get done to just 
I know it doesn't work. Yeah. It's such a weird position to be in. I mean, like, I guess I see it as, you know, the people that really, you know, want to support the scene, support the bands, like that's where all the merch comes in. It's like, like my drawers are overflowing with t-shirts, but you know, if it's a band that I really like, you know, I definitely like pick up the vinyl or pick up a t-shirt or something. Yeah. Just like, not even because I necessarily like the t-shirts, just I want to like throw money their way. Totally. A lot but, of the times too, though, like the bands are still not even like underselling yeah. merch, you know, bands will pay you know, five, six, seven bucks to get a t-shirt printed. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they sell it for five, six, seven yeah. bucks, you know, uh, because even like selling it for 10 bucks might be asking too much. And that's just like, yeah, it gets crazy ridiculous. to me. It's like the same kid that is going to complain about paying $10 for your shirt at the show. will probably go to the mall and spend $20 <laughs> on a t-shirt. Yeah. It's, it's all comes down to what you value. And I, don't I know. think that, I think that, if the DIY scene as a whole put more of a value on itself, it could be a lot more sustainable and then we could do a lot cooler things. And the spaces that we have could have better sound systems like once we start, you know, funneling mm -hmm. it all in. Instead of like, you know, I only made enough money, you know, it's like, oh, I made uh, maybe 10 bucks for, you know, gas money at the show at Roboto. Mm-hmm. Like, I already bought gas, so maybe I guess I'll just go buy a hoagie at SPAC across the street. And, like, that's cool. Like, feeding yourself is good. But, like, <laughs> what about, like, really, like, being able to put stuff back into the band and your craft? Yeah. Because everything, like, costs so much money to make things. Because, like we said, inflation. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Everything else has gotten more expensive. Sure. Maybe 10 years ago, bands could make money off of a $5 show because gas wasn't ex expensive and it wasn't as expensive to manufacture your merchandising. And like even something as simple as like color printing your flyers probably wasn't expensive. It just all fucking adds up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a situation I envy. <sighs> <laughs> and then people will complain about uh, like Facebook, how it's like a, like they're making us pay to like advertise our stuff. It's like, it's a free service. Yeah. Give them five bucks. It'll do you wonders to promote your show. Trust me. It's $5. They're like complaining from Starbucks with their $7 Frappuccino on the table. <laughs> I'm not paying five bucks to promote my art. That's a Frappuccino. Yeah, That's people, like an people oddly get hung specific up on rant. Like, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. People, people just get hung up on like really weird things. Like just, you know, the difference between five to $10 for a show or, you know, promoting the shows, like it's worth it to do it. But I don't know. I don't know why people don't want to. Everybody's selfish. <laughs> uh, back to Punksburg. Yeah. <laughs> like, these are all things. But we are trying to promote shows with Punksburg. <laughs> yeah. So now with the website uh -huh. that you are paying probably monthly for to host. $36 right? a year. I, I, is that how much WordPress is? For the personal level. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I bought a year in advance, so it might be more expensive if you do it monthly. Huh. Oh, I, oh, so you bought like the whole year chunk at once? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is cheaper if you do that. And then okay. I got the domain name for $1.50, so out-of-pocket expenditures were not significant. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, where do I want to go with this? So you you're handling like the design stuff on the website, but is like WordPress kind of drag and droppy? Just get your images in there. Kind of yeah. Have to know some like 
code and things like that. I mean, that. I, I know the code to like clean things up in the background, but you don't have in to. In terms of like uh, graphics and the artwork and stuff that's attached to the website, mm -hmm. um, are you handling that or you have like other people doing that stuff? Um, so one of the guys that writes the blog, Joe Harrison, he's the one that... I know Joe. Hi, he, Joe. <laughs> he, he's a painter and so he painted the logo just kind of like on a total whim and like we really like it. And so that's, I think that's the one actual piece of, you know art that was created for the site. Um, we have hooked up with a bunch of local photographers. Uh, John Snow is kind of the first one. Hi, John. And uh, so like, I just found him on Instagram and I asked if he could, I could use his photos and, you know, he lets me. And so it's just kind of nice meeting up with different members of the community to kind of make it all work because otherwise it'd just be me and my shitty iPhone photos. So it's nice to have legit ones. As the website continues to grow, are you hoping to bring more people on board to contribute? Or are you looking to keep it kind of smaller? That way you can keep like a more narrowed focus and more control of the content. No, I mean, I'd love to have more people involved. So if anyone wants to write, we don't really know what we're doing. So like you don't have to either. <laughs> um, just I mean, because there are lots of shows going on in Pittsburgh. It's I feel like it's a pretty vibrant scene and we just can't cover anywhere near as much as I'd like to. How often do you get to go out to local shows? Uh, two to three times a week. That's pretty good. I mean, it's also been <laughs> summer for the past few months. Yeah. So during the school year, it's, you know, it just depends on my workload. But mm -hmm. where do you typically go to shows? Like what are some of your, your personal favorite places to see live music in Pittsburgh? I mean, it's, I kind of just go to where the bands I like are playing. Um, I feel like I've been at Howler's an awful lot recently um i used to go to the smiling moose a ton but i feel like there haven't been a, a lot of shows there recently that at least i'm interested in um funhouse and mr smalls has been you know why there haven't been shows at the smiling moose because it's so fucking expensive to rent that room and everybody only wants to charge five dollars to get in so nobody <laughs> can pay for it listen <laughs> up <laughs> you dumb dumbs it's a good space and it's worth the money. Just charge more money for people to get in so you can afford to have the shows there. There you go. Sorry. What, else, okay. what else do you like? Um, I mean, I actually kind of hate seeing shows there, but I really like Ruggers. It's probably my favorite bar. So Yeah, it's a little claustrophobic, but it can be like a really fun, like almost too intimate experience yeah. seeing a band play there. <laughs> yeah. So it depends on the band, but I think it's it's cool. Yeah. And, and it's... Uh, in uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? In uh, I should have paid attention in school. <laughs> My vocabulary is shit. It's good in you know, sporadically. We'll okay, say that. That's fair. Sure, that's that's a word, right? Yeah. Uh, and Roboto. <laughs> I've been to Roboto a bunch recently too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I go all, all over. I end up going to Cleveland stuff too, pretty pretty often. Cool. Just go to where the shows are. What are some of your, I don't want to say favorites, because favorites is like, <laughs> it's a hard word to use. But like, as, for you as a writer in the Pittsburgh underground scene, <laughs> who are some bands that you think people should check out or bands that you would recommend to your friends or colleagues or anybody that, you know, maybe doesn't know about the local scene? Um, so one of my favorite recent bands, and I'm actually wearing their shirt right now, um, there's this band called Garter Shake. And I first found out about them at Ladyfest uh, just a couple months ago. Um, and it's pretty much all members of other local bands. But uh, their music is very kind of like 
you know, very feminist and like, like really fun, really catchy music. And like, I like the message behind it and it's, they're all really entertaining people. So that's one that I like a lot. Um, God, <laughs> whenever I interview people and I ask them about their favorite bands, they, they always complain because it's so easy to leave bands out. And so <laughs> now I kind of get what they're saying. Um, <laughs> Uh, who else? Like, I love what Derek Zanetti is doing. I know the homeless gospel choir. I know he's technically not really punk music, but it's yeah, definitely it the, the punk, be a punk ethos band. stuff behind it. Well, you told it. me that, you know, one of your favorite artists to follow is Ben Folds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not necessarily the most punk sound either. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let's see some other bands I like. Um, I really like Playoff Beards. Their shows are always a ton of fun. Um, the Filthy Lowdown, which is the band that sort of got me into this, so I need to like shout out them. God, I don't know, but that's okay. There's so, so much going on is, in Pittsburgh, the, exactly. And that's where I was going to go next was that it's so interesting for you to say all those bands because you know, I've heard the name Garter Shake, but I've never seen them play. Mm-hmm. I, I know Derek, so yeah. that one's kind of out the window. Everybody knows him, you know. he's... Yeah, yeah. Hi, Derek. He's everyone's friend. <laughs> and the I've never seen Playoff Beard play a show. They're playing but, this Wednesday. And I have, I think I might have played with the Filthy Lowdown, but I don't particularly remember. That's fair. I think I may have just seen their name on a lot of flyers. Mm-hmm. So again, that's basically just a testament to how divided, not necessarily, div- not divided in a bad way, but just how like much there is going on. You yeah. know, it's so if it's not in your immediate bubble or your circle of friends, like there could be a whole community of bands and their fans and people that go out to those shows mm-hmm. and you have no idea that it's it even exists. Yeah. I mean like that that's one of the things that's come up pretty often as I've been talking to groups, just like how like it's not one local Pittsburgh scene, it's like a dozen local Pittsburgh scenes. And it's like there's the Yugen crowd and they like tend to go to their own like set of shows and like I don't know, there's the Roboto crowd and like there's just like all these different like the metal shows and everyone just kind of sticks to their own groups kind of. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to cover everything i don't know yeah branch out that's what's always been fun with playing shows uh particularly as sykes because i don't really ever fit anywhere Mm -hmm. so i'm just kind of like popping in and out of all these different little pockets of the pittsburgh scene and just seeing all kinds of different things and always seeing new bands and Mm -hmm. you know just playing in weird basements to like yeah. Playing at Mr. Smalls. It's like all over the map. And that's fun. Do you do get to go to many house shows? I haven't been to a ton. Just like, I don't even know why. It just never kind of works out. Yeah. The house show thing for me is fun, but it gets a little weird because that's when like the generation gap is at its strongest. Mm-hmm. Is when you're at a house show and it's like, I don't know. You're kind of like, it depends on the house show. I'm talking more specifically to like house shows in Oakland where I don't even know if the people around me are like should have beers in their hand. <laughs> and it's all like, you know, I'm like 31 hanging out in this basement in Oakland with all these college kids. And like, it's like, I'm having a good time. I do have some friends there that yeah. you know closer to my age, but it's still like, like, what am I doing? Like having fun, but this is a little weird. Yeah. Should I feel weird about being here? I don't know. It's like a weird gray area. 
Yeah. I mean, like I've got like super bad social anxiety too. So like when I go to shows, you know, I'm pretty content just like in between sets, like, like lean against the wall and play on my phone. It's like not speak to anyone all night. And I feel uh -huh. like at a house show that just becomes way more awkward. Do you go to a lot of shows by yourself? I go to all, pretty much all the shows by myself. Really? Yeah. I mean, like I've been going to enough shows now that pretty much any show I go to, like, I'll know people there. Okay. And if I'm feeling social, then I'll talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I just don't say a word. Fair enough. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have a, have a hard time doing things like that, going out to shows by themselves. And just because I'll be talking to them, then there are people that are interested in different parts of the scene, but mm -hmm. they don't want to go to shows because they don't know people that are there. Yeah. And my whole thing is like, if you ever have a night that's free, just find, find a show somewhere and just go. Even yeah. if it's bands you never heard of, I've found out about some really, really cool stuff that way. Yeah. And have made some really great friends just by going by myself, going to a show by yourself is great. Cause you can just come and go when you want. And yeah, if you don't no, know anybody there, nobody's going to notice the difference. They're not going to think you're, rude for not saying hi or bye to them. You yeah. just kind of pop in and out and see things, how things are going. I mean, it was definitely hard for me. I remember the first show that I went to by myself was uh, at Ink Division. And okay. I'd, I'd never been to Braddock before. And that, so that's like a sketchy place to go to your first show. <laughs> well, but all those dudes are awesome. And that space is really cool. Um, I wish they still did shows out I there. I know, me too. Um, but I remember I had gone, I got there early and I parked pretty much across the street from the venue. And then I literally sat in my car for half an hour trying to like, will up the courage to actually go in because I didn't know anyone at that point. Um, and so finally I just did. And, you know, the next show that I went to by myself was a little bit easier. And now I just don't really give a shit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it definitely like it definitely took a lot of psyching up to to do it. But it's fun. No, no one gives a damn. I'm trying to think of the first show I ever went to by myself. The first one that comes to mind, I think, was at Nick's Fat City, which is now Diesel. Okay. It used to be called Nick's Fat City. Okay. And I think I saw The Suicide Machines and Avenged Sevenfold. Suicide Machines there. are good? Avenged Sevenfold used to be pretty good. Okay. This was like, <laughs> this was uh, for anybody that listens to Avenged Sevenfold. This was like right before Waking the Fallen came out, which was like the album that everybody kind of knows them from was the one that came out after that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, like. I can't listen to Avenged Sevenfold now, to be completely honest. It's one of those things that, like, you listen to music that you grew up with, and sometimes you're like, yeah, this is fucking timeless. Like, mm -hmm. I can't believe how good this was, and I'm so glad this has been a part of my entire life. If I go back and listen to Avenged Sevenfold now, I'm like, I can't believe I ever <laughs> thought this was okay. I think it was just, like, at the time, though, I think they were doing something that I had never heard before. Mm -hmm. Just, like, this real riffy metal stuff with like the screaming and like good catchy singing choruses you know it's like the first time you're hearing something like that like wow i really like the concept of this mm -hmm. but then over time you found bands that did it a lot better <laughs> and then uh they kind of went by the wayside and just became like whatever they're doing now yeah they're very very talented musicians i don't want to say anything bad about avenge sevenfold but uh i'm, I'm definitely i can't say i'm a fan anymore that's what that's the first show i remember g going to by myself did you have a good time? Yeah. I mainly went for uh, Avenge Sevenfold. I was always a lot more of a metal kid mm -hmm. than a punk kid. I did definitely have my punk phase for sure. Like in the late 90s, like all the Epitaph record stuff was definitely my shit. Like, yeah. 
descendants who you mentioned earlier and offspring and like all the punkarama compilation mm-hmm. bands like all that stuff i loved and then i don't know i think i just kind of started listing this stuff it was like more and more extreme you know and then like when i got to high school i was just like it's all black metal or weird electronic techno music that's like all i want to listen to and now i've kind of balanced back out you know yeah you rediscover all of those things from when you were younger that you maybe kind of pushed aside Maybe mm-hmm. I thought it was too cool. Like, I'm not going to listen to the Descendants anymore. And then, like, I don't listen to Everything Sucks for like 10 years. And I listen to it again. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best album ever. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> dumb shit like that. But I don't know. Did you ever have a, an experience like that with maybe growing out of something temporarily or thinking that, you know, you were too old or too cool to listen to something and then coming back to it? Later, kind of with punk, um, because when I went to college, the school that I went to was like super indie rock. Like we, you know, we heard (laughs) it forever now. now. (laughs) Um, and so like it was a very very like pretentious crowd type thing, and and so I sort of fell into all that. It's like a lot of postal service. Oh yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still like postal service. Yeah, no. Um, that album is great. Yeah. But like that sort of thing. And so that's what I listened to. And then Jesus, after graduating from, from college, I just, I listened to a ton of podcasts and like, like econ podcasts and, and stuff like that. And sort of like fell away from music for a bit. Cause I was an adult and I was doing adult shit. Boo. Um, oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it sucked. It was so bad. Um, and then and this was like when you were teaching and stuff. Yeah. It was like mid twenties. Okay. And then like, I don't know, maybe other things like, Getting, a, I don't know, maybe like getting a house or yeah, get, getting, a car. Getting married and buying married. a house. And yeah, adult stuff. And then, then all that fell apart. Oh, no. <laughs> no. But like, it was good. Like, it was kind of like rediscovering who I am and like the, like getting into the punk scene. Like, I've, I felt more sort of like more comfortable in my own skin and like, just like as a genuine, genuine person, like around the people that I've met through music, definitely more so than I have at any other point in my life. So, yeah, I think there are some adults that you know get into the adult life and i have a i have a few f- people in mind that when i hang out with them now or see them they just look like you know they're not really happy mm-hmm. you know people that like i e- used to play in bands with or i would see at shows or friends that i had that were really into painting and stuff like that and then it's like you know you you know you got you know they did the marriage thing they yeah. bought a house some of them have kids some of them got like these crazy jobs some of them have all of that mm-hmm. you know and then like it all kind of became like an excuse in a way for them to step away from what they were doing and then they, they just never picked it back up yeah i mean it's definitely a good excuse to step away from something temporarily mm-hmm. but it, it always bums me out for like the very talented friends that i have that kind of never seem to are able to pick it back up for whatever reason, you yeah. know, or find themselves again. They're just kind of like lost in this weird blank adult <laughs> haze that's just like, I don't know. See, I, I have a four-year-old son and it's like, I love like playing records for him. And like, yeah. he loves Masked Intruder. He loves the Ramones. He, like <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get, and I can't wait for the day that I can just take that's him out the, to a show. I mean, that's the thing that's on the flip. Like I definitely, I, I'm not even trying to speak bad about people that have children and mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, I'm in multiple people in my bands have kids yeah, or married homeowners and things like that. And it's like, you know, they take their time away and they're all responsible, good adults, but they still like, you know, in their downtime, like 
let's fucking have practice. Let's have a show. You know, let's fucking, hey, let's go down to the fucking craft brewery and get some beers and hang out. Like, we yeah. still make the time for each other. And it's like, it doesn't feel like we grew up, even though we have all of this adult shit. I mean, I still have like a wall full of action figures in my studio, but the rest of my place is very much like not like this. It's just kind of like still my. This is the room I would have always wanted to have in high school. You yeah. know, just a bunch of records and recording stuff and toys and some movie posters. Yeah. That's it's definitely about your mindset more than uh-huh. anything else. So the future of Punksburg. It's a it's a young, it's, a, it's still a baby. Yeah. I'm gonna raise it up to be like this cool thing. It doesn't really seem like anybody else is kind of on that on the pulse of what the website seems to be becoming. So I think you have a really good opportunity to shape it into something. Yeah. I mean, like hopefully people, you know, want to become more involved. I'm really, really stoked. And I've been doing this myself about just putting creative content into the world that isn't through the lens of like social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, we still need to use social media to get people to go mm-hmm. to those things, but it's like the internet is a huge thing and it all gets condensed down to like these three websites. Yeah. And it's like silly. I just want to try to encourage people to go back to like websites yeah. and get off of the social media. Yeah. I mean, cause Facebook is sort of like a walled garden in a sense. And like they change their terms and policies and like everything that you have on there could just be, you know, gone. So having stuff outside of that is really important mm-hmm. in my mind. So, I mean, I don't know what's what's in the future. Like, we've been making arrangements with a bunch of bands that have albums coming out to do, like, song premieres and stuff like that. That's so, a great idea. Um, I mean, just, just sort of hoping to grow. We've, we've pretty much taken this past week off after we hit 1,000 likes. We're like, we're just going to take a breather because it was Congrats. going That's pretty awesome. full speed you know, full steam all summer. So we just been relaxing this past week and sort of thinking of things for the future, but we all have a bunch of stuff in our back pockets. So I know it's exciting. It's fun. I'm excited. You're doing it. It's, (laughs) it's very, very awesome just to see people that, you know, are care enough to even just take that small extra step. It doesn't take much. Yeah. Like you said, you put together the website in a day. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like this big thing where it was like, I have to plan out all of these things. A lot of people want to do things. And then you ask them, you know, why aren't you doing it? And you get that sort of like a million excuses. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll give you excuses. It'll take longer for them to spit out at you than it would for them to just sign up for the <laughs> WordPress site, you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> so to anybody still listening that <laughs> wants to do something, just do it. Yeah. It doesn't. Even any if it's if it's something that's un- unobtainable and you need something else to get that thing, what do you got to do to get that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, like friends that always talk about uh, wanting to record music, record themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you can like record a whole album on a goddamn cell phone now if you really want to. Yeah, but do you have a computer? Yeah, I got a computer. Okay. Uh, Go buy a thing from Guitar Center. It's like you can get like a recording interface and stuff for like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a hundred bucks. Okay, well, get a job. <laughs> you know, work. You know, yeah. save some money. It might take you a couple months, but would you rather, you know, save that money and have that interface in four or five months, or still be complaining in six months that you're not recording? Yeah, and have consumed a lot more beer. Yeah, exactly. So. 
I don't know. That's my mindset. It doesn't take that long to do things if you want to do them. Yeah. And I'm glad you're doing it. And you have anything else? What? Where's the website? Punksburg.com. Yeah. Anything you else you want to throw out there for? No, I, the I lovely mean, like, people of Pittsburgh. I've just been so thrilled by like all the support that we've received over the past few months because I definitely did not expect anywhere near this many people to care about what the hell you know we're doing. So. It's it's wild because I think a lot of people were getting so used to not doing anything that mm-hmm. when they see people do something, they're like, "Wow, this is really really cool!" And like you're over here, like you know, I just took a day, made a website, posted some things and like it's resonating with a lot of people and that's great. Yeah, it's funny because whenever I go to shows, you know, I've, I have strangers coming up and they're like, oh, you're the Punksburg girl. It's like, yeah. So. Yeah. So if you have a passion or something you want to do, do it. We need more people like Lauren and <laughs> Punksburg contributing and just putting things out there so, you know, the rest of the world could see what we're doing or just so we can have like a big party of fun productivity in the city for sure hex yeah and hey thanks for coming over i think we're we'll probably could wrap this up thank sounds you like i'm wrapping it i'm gonna do my outro right now and that is all folks thanks so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the conversation lauren again thank you for coming over check out punksburg.com is it Punksburg on Instagram too? or uh, It's Punksburg412 on Instagram. Okay. Do you have a Twitter? Yeah. That's, that's one or the other. I don't know. I don't do Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's <laughs> really weird. And then uh, we have a Facebook page too. Cool. And uh, hmm, what should I say about myself? If for some reason you're still listening to this and you don't know who I am, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but not Snapchat because fuck that. I'm at The Real Sykes on all other social media. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, all that kind of stuff. It's also part of the Epicast Network, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. And yeah, I'm Sykes. This is that's not the outro. How do how's the outro go? I forgot. Um I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat 2017. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. It was like one of those things, like the first time I, the first episode that I did, I did that just on a whim. And I was like, well, I guess I have to do this all the fucking time now. So now I do it at the end of every episode. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. That was great. This was fun. And, oh, my mouse is in the camera.